yeah! I am the chick chick mongoose, but you can just call me Goose, a loose. To my right, America's favorite degenerate gambler, back from the dead, you can't keep him down. He is the renowned John Gotti, but cooler. Mr. Salbaps. No, he's cooler than me. But I keep rising from the dead. They cannot get me, dude. These, 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 Out two weeks. These germs cannot destroy me, dude. I keep coming back. You are the John Fetterman of uh, Pennsylvania local well, diseases. I, well, I'm sick because all of the illegals get bust here, and they all have <laughs> diseases, and it spreads throughout the community. Well, it spreads to Reading Hospital, which is where your mom works. and then Exactly, and then it just, I get it, and that's it. Okay. Fair enough. By the way, since you were out the past several weeks, what are your thoughts on the Pennsylvania and elections uh, in general? Um, it, it's I don't know because it seems like when I looked at the funding, the Democrat candidates who were terrible, they had way more funding than Republicans. It's just like no one's funding these candidates, even though they suck. They're getting no funding. And when you get no funding, you can never win a political election. Blake Masters got nothing in Arizona. And I, I, nothing. I, I loved Blake Masters. He wasn't quite libertarian, but he definitely was a friendly to libertarian causes. So, But that was Mitch McConnell, you know? Dude, like guys like Mitch McConnell and like Kevin McCarthy, they have this like GOP establishment money that they can yeah. never lose an election. Yeah. And the problem is the people that the Democrats have that they do that for are all like the most radical leftist agenda people possible, and they keep putting them in. And the only people we have to stop it don't have funding to get elected. They lose. They lose. Like, Carrie Lake lost. How? Right, right. right. The state treasurer in Arizona, Republican, won by 10 points, like, in a race nobody would vote for. Right. But then she lose because of ballot harvesting, dude. And you know, it's not going to change. How do you change it's, it's, it? It's not going to change. I just read an article about this chicken, a Republican in Orange County, who uh, was in a swing district. It was like the, the northern tip of Orange County. She did ballot harvesting at local churches, and guess what? She won. So if that's if that's a law and that's legal, then like, what are you going to do? You Dude, have to play the game. It used to be illegal to do that. It was actually you went to jail. For, like the mafia actually did that for JFK. Like right. they actually like ballot harvested right. in Illinois. Yeah. And it won the election. Like, right. if you do it, you win. And the thing is, they do it, and for some reason it's allowed, and nobody does anything about it. Like, right. no one talks about it. I mean, to be fair, like, I don't know. The guy is out of his mind right now, but, like, I listened to Trump's speech last night. Yeah. He was pretty stern on election reform and, like, how, like, no more mail-ins, no more right. any of this. Right. Bro, like, you got to go to vote, and you got to call it that night. Like, we can't keep going down this Banana Republic-style shit yeah. where we just declare sh- people winners two weeks later when everyone forgets about it. I agree. It's not It's not good for the stability of the Republic. Notice how I said Republic, you know. Dude, this is late-stage empire, man. This yeah. shit's going down. Shit's going down. It's late-stage Rome. Nevertheless, John Fetterman here in Pennsylvania, dude, literally is a walking zombie. So bad that even my bleeding heart liberal mother, after watching that debate, said, I can't vote for this guy. Yet he still finds a way to win. Not that Oz was a great candidate by any means. I hate that guy's guts. But Do you know how much more funding Fetterman had than I know. Oz? I know. And he won. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. If you, you pay for what you get. Yeah. 
No one wants to donate to these Republican candidates, dude, because the media has warped them that they're these like. Well, you also get, you know, if it, it becomes public record and then if you're at like a big time corporation that gets leaked and then you could lose your job. Yeah, you get doxxed. Yep. You can't be you cannot have a conservative or libertarian mindset at all or you're just an enemy <clears throat> of the state, dude. I mean, dude, like they're investigating Elon Musk for what? Like they're actually invest wasting time to investigate this guy for what? Oh, because he bought the FBI's fucking front Twitter. <laughs> yeah, basically. Which is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, in positive news, Rand Paul, an actual libertarian, did win big. He rolled. DeSantis has turned Florida, purple Florida, into Rudolph's red nose. Rudolph's red nose. I mean, uh, Miami Dade County, seventy percent of the population is Hispanic. And they said no mas to uh, the liberals down there. Dude, here's the thing. Like, Spanish people are mostly very religious. And they are not cool with, like, the way the Democrats just, like, disregard church. That's a big reason. They're, like, very family. They're They're actually the only – they're what the nuclear families were – in the fifties here, yeah, I agree. Out- That's what they are. Outside of white people in the South, you've really lost those va- those values and community and and you know la, la familia with uh, really the the white but Western dude, community. The, the Spanish community, but man, they're all they're they're like they're about family life, dude. dude you don't have to tell me. I literally, uh, you know, these these bachelorette parties with you know Hispanics uh, that I did in California. It was the like thirty people would be there. It wasn't just like you know the bachelorette and her bridesmaids. It was the aunts. It was the moms. It was the grandmoms, dude. Do they all go? Yeah, they the, all go. They're all there. Like, dude, literally, sometimes the aunts would be there breastfeeding their kids yeah. during during the party. Bro, they're just like that's what it is, dude. And they always offered me food afterwards. Like I learned, like even if I didn't want the food, like even if I threw the food away around the corner, you have to accept the food. But like it's 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 that sense of community that frankly like uh, I just didn't see with white girls not at all. It's what the Italians used to be. Yeah, yeah. Until I, Rudolph Giuliani put everybody in jail. <laughs> There's still a little bit. I mean, I don't have too much experience with that yet. A little bit, you know, in Jersey. There's still a little bit of that. Oh, Jersey's but, population is so Italian, dude. right? But, but yo, Jersey is a community kind of state, other than like the metropolitan North Jersey. Like if you go through Jersey, it's towns, communities. Yeah, Jer- um, Jersey freaks me out because when I go there, I literally have no idea if I'm in a rich neighborhood or the ghetto. You don't know. You have no idea. You don't like, know. And then you could walk in like what you think is a ghetto gas station and yeah. like a surfer with blonde hair is like behind the counter. Yeah, and it is it is the most diverse state. It's like It's impossible to figure it out. It is impossible to figure out. All right, moving on here. So Salbaps did pretty good. I don't know if uh, the virus got to your brain and made you no, that was, uh, Dude, look. I looked at the board. I locked in. I fired. You went four and two. You killed it on the no- Notre Dame uh, Navy over 39 and a yes. half. Uh, Clemson came through for you against Louisville. They did. Uh, you had Penn State who rolled 30 nothing against Maryland. You were you had the Oklahoma State plus one and a half. I, I will combat that a little bit. I wasn't on that game because I it looked like Gundy's kid was going to start, who actually did. But Spencer Sanders, like halftime, like he was like, hey, bro, uh, you want me to like go in and like win you this game, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, dude went in. Dude, like it saved their season seventy percent, and this dude was still good enough to beat Iowa State. It saved so. their season. Can I just go on a, a little a tangent here about injuries? Because I'm gonna go into my picks, and I went 0-5 and one. Wow, wow! Injuries in college football 
have always been a giant guessing game. You don't know. This has to change. I'm not the first college football pundit out there to bitch about this. In this era of of college football gambling or sports gambling at large and, and what's happening as far as the legalization throughout the United States, the NFL is so worried about keeping the games legit to the actual gambling Vegas lines that they, they find teams who don't give accurate injury reports. In college football, we have none of that. Now, you're going to start to see in the next one to two years, whether you like it or not, these big books, Caesars, FanDuel, DraftKings, they're going to start giving money to these conferences. These, these conferences are going to take this money. What is happening right now in college football where you have this guy, like, for instance, last week, Arkansas, Sam Pittman, everybody, including Vegas, thought K.J. Jefferson was playing that game. It was only until five minutes before the game against LSU you find out K.J. Jefferson wasn't not only not playing, but that they knew he wasn't playing since Friday, but nobody knew. How is this allowed? It, 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 uh, it, I have no idea. With the advent, though, of what is going on with gambling, this is not going to be tolerated much longer because the public and these books, you know, Vegas are they, not going to— Their lines change, dude. Th- like, they're not going to put up with that. If, if, they're not going to put up with it because if a major player is out, it affects the entire operation of the spread. This isn't the NFL where if Jalen Hurts of the Eagles is out, Gardner Minshew comes in, and there's a, what, four, four-and-a-half-point difference, we'll say. In college football— with the drop-off between your starting quarterback— That team will lose by 100. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, That's you're, it. you're you talking lose. about, like, two to three— Like, for, for Maryland, several games this year, when uh, two and number two got hurt, they were literally a three-touchdown difference type of team. Yeah. So, um, Sal Baps killed it, though, four and two. I went 0-5 and one. Um, like I said, I mean, there were several games here where I got screwed on injury news, so— um, it is what it is. Uh, moving on to, to bigger and better things. There are a couple notes here I have, Sal Baps, that just kind of blew my mind. Starting off here, Oregon first quarter unders are now 10-0 and 0 on the season. It's bizarre because they actually score points. I mean, even the game like this past weekend, I mean, they finished the game with like, what, 40 points? They lost, yeah. but like... It's weird. I don't know if it's just like the way they start games. I, I mean, I don't know because Bo Nix looks good. I don't get it. Like it's a weird, it's a weird stat. It's a very weird stat because their defense isn't even that good. Yeah. Uh, another one. But here, here but cut you off. In betting trends are trends, dude. Like ten and zero is ten and zero. Do you have the balls to pick it this week? Yeah. I mean, because it's ten and 0. like it, it, people would think like, oh, well, then you'd go the opposite, dude. Sometimes this shit never stops. If a team has, like, something that they do, they're going to just keep doing it. Humans are creatures of habit. They're going to continue to do this. Another one here. Florida State has one. Oh, and they play Utah. That is definitely going on. <laughs> I was just going to say they are playing Utah at home. Florida State has won its last three games by a combined score of 124 to 22. Mike Norvell. They're fucked, dude. They're fucked. Can you imagine? I'm just thinking week one of next year. Uh, I LSU's playing Florida State. They're doing kind of the neutral and neutral. I believe the yeah, game's they played week one this year. Right. I believe the game. It was in the Super Bowl Dome this year. I believe next year it's at Jacksonville. That's can, awesome. Those two teams, the way they're playing right now. Can you imagine week one next year, LSU versus Florida State? I don't know. Um, 
Uh, Jalen Daniels does have one year of eligibility remaining. I don't know what the situation is with Florida State. That but matters. That that definitely matters. But I mean, those two teams right now. If there was a twelve-team uh, playoff, you would not want to play either of those teams. Dude, that's what like they hold like these guys are so stupid. Like they had this thing in their fucking palm of their hand to fix this forever to have a tournament greater than March Madness. If you could have like twelve teams play in a playoff, like even right now, like they did the playoff seedings last night. Like, would you want to play an eight seed Alabama right now? No. No. Like, dude, that's why it would be so cool. Dude. Ha- having said that, every single year of the 14 playoff, we have never had all same four teams in. And it does, if, if you, you know, if you make it 12 teams, you are going to kill what I think is the most special regular season in all of sports. So Then make it eight. I could go for eight. I could go for eight. I do think that if you had, I think you need to win your conference. If you took the the five major conferences, the, the conference champion from those from those conferences, and you added on one team from like you know from the um, group of five, we'll say you know like a bo- yeah, it should be eight, and then the five conference winners get in automatically. Right, five automatic. And then you have three teams that you just get in. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to say two wild cards. Yes. And one team from the group of five. Because we, we do need to give, like, a Boise State to the world some kind of shot. Cincinnati. Um, and I, I think, But it should be only power five. If you want a power five league, you should get in. Like, yes. You should be in. That I could go for. I do think 12 is diminishing the regular season too much. It is too much like the NFL. I don't want the NFL. I want college football, okay? And and uh, another thing that really, you know, grinds my gears here is these conference commissioners who are trying to do away with storming the field. Like the SEC has a quarter of a million dollar fine if you storm the field now. That's bullshit, okay? Was there a more magical scene in all of sports than when Tennessee finally beat Alabama this year and, you know, all those drunk Tennessee kids tore down the goalposts and threw it in the river? Like I, mean, I you want remember that. the 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 kick six return from Auburn, how yeah. awesome that was when they beat Bama. Yeah, you're stealing incredible memories from kids, and it's bullshit. I don't I don't want to go totally down this conspiracy theory hole, but I'm going to go down there because I've just kind of reached that point where nothing seems like it's a coincidence. Every conspiracy is real. If Every you are trying to rob the joy, the Americana out of college football by making it the NFL. That's exactly what it seems like what's happening. And it's, it seems like this is like our last, like our last sport that we have that we can just be happy and proud to be American and just, you know, enjoy the lunacy that is college football. And it seems like day by day, they are robbing that from us. They're trying to make it into a globo homo empire. Just well, like we are basically they're They're succeeding. A couple other stats here. I want to give you, um, Teams that are perfect on the road against the spread, okay? Notre Dame, Troy, Tulane, Navy. I've learned that one the hard Dude, way. Tulane's gross. Florida, Western Kentucky, Florida State. All those teams are perfect on the road against the spread for this year. TCU, if you're wondering, is 4-0-1. Well, I, I I mean, once again, trends are trends, dude. Like, th- people should bet these. Like, they're not on my plays, but, I mean, people should – you should – if any trends that are cool, just, just bet them. And since we are here in week 12 – Teams don't change, dude. They do what they do. That's yeah. what they do. They, 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 that's what they do, and that's going to come out 
the same way every time, the same play calls, the same fucking defensive sets. They're going to just do what they do and and bet it, dude. I mean, I wish I would have bet all that shit all year. We <laughs> yeah. not have this show anymore. I, I, I wish I had Oregon first quarter under as my God. How would we know that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, we should have caught on at like 3-0. A <laughs> um, couple other uh, teams I'm, I'm keeping a clo- close eye on in Week 12 – Teams are at that are at these are proud programs or you know recent success. Uh, they are at four or five wins with two weeks left in the season. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, five and five. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Arkansas, and then the defending Mountain West champs Utah State. All need to win in the next two weeks at least one game. Uh, to get to bowl season. And two teams I'm kind of keeping my eye on as far as programs that are kind of rising up. They both have four wins right now, but I do think they do have a shot of winning the next uh, two weeks here, and they're going to be playing, you know, balls to the wall. Is Arizona, yes. who just won last week against UCLA. This is true. And UNLV, who has returned, like, three of their best offensive skill guys. Uh, they're playing uh, on the island against Hawaii this week, and then I think they close out with Nevada. So... I think UNLV is going to close out the season pretty strong, um, and uh, and Arizona. I mean, talk about we motivation were, seasons here. We were all over their season total two and a half wins, uh, but Jed Fish uh, has the guys uh, rolling down there. I think they close out with Arizona State, which should be a win for them. So we'll see. Uh, just keep your eye on those teams. They they definitely have something to play for. All right, Salbab. So moving on here to this week. Let me hear who you're on for for this week. Give me give me your pick six. All right. So we just mentioned Michigan State. Once again, they have to win this game. They're hosting Indiana. It's a winnable game. They're mm-hmm. favored. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the over, though, 47 and a half. It opened at 43. Okay. So it's being bet up. Michigan State's gotten a little bit better on offense. Their D is a suspect. They'll give up some points. I think Michigan State wins, gets into a bowl. Um, then they'll end their season getting killed by Penn State. But <laughs> yeah. they're going to get a bowl game here. I mean, they need it. But I don't want to lay the points, so we're going to go with the over because I think it's super obtainable. Uh, the next one is Baylor plus three, which we talked about earlier, and you're not a fan of. Not a fan. Not However, a fan. However, I feel like something is brewing. I think TCU is going down. My counter argument to that is... I didn't like what I saw from them, even though they won last week. And I feel like this team is, like, tired. I feel like they're so... Something's due bad for that program. Vegas has been... can't be that cool. Vegas has been fading TCU for about three or four weeks now. Yeah. It hasn't happened. Like I just said... But look, dude, if TCU was that cool, they'd be laying, like, seven here. This low number tells me that either Vegas is oblivious to this program being good... Or this is a close game. I, you know, I was a TCU believer at the beginning of the year. To this, to this level currently, though, no. And I actually did fade TCU wrongly the past couple of weeks. Like I said, four zero and one on the road. The line right now is uh, two and a half, three. You know, depending upon the book. I think TCU beats Baylor, and I think if they beat Baylor, they're definitely going to cover. So I'm on the complete opposite end of this. They have too much riding. They're not playing for a Big 12 championship anymore. They're playing for a national championship. This team is going to be laser-focused. Then why is the line three? Why, I hear you. Why was Texas a seven-point favorite against TCU last week? Because 
Texas is a national brand. Vegas can bait people into betting them. You can just do like same thing with Alabama. Like you just there's certain teams you can just lay a number and people will be like, oh, they're cool. Texas, I'll bet them. Your chance to get TCU was last week because Quinton Johnson was banged up. I think another that game was terrible for so long too. Yeah, but guess what? They won with their defense. They didn't even have a good offensive game. They were facing their ex coach and Gary Patterson, who knew that roster inside and out. Wanted that game more than anything. And TCU still won. I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're on Baylor. I'm on TCU. No All right. Problem. Next All play. Right, next game is Maryland plus 27 and a half. Now, this is a point munch. Ohio State's coming into town, College Park. So, I do think that Maryland fans, because they're so stupid, like, they'll come out for this and, like, yell and be annoying. And it's a kind of a weird stadium if you've ever been there. I've actually been there a couple times for basketball games and football games. It's a weird fucking stadium. How's it dude. weird? It just it's very it's designed like you know how certain shit in certain states just look like certain shit from that state? It just yeah. looks like a Maryland stadium. Okay. It just look I don't know how to make that make sense, but if you've been to Maryland, you'll understand what I mean. Okay. It That's just looks super confusing for I, look, I get people it, in California. Well, dude, look, you're talking about one of, like, the first fucking states, dude. It's a weird place, dude. I mean, it's this isn't Cali, dude. This is fucking, <laughs> like, pilgrims were living in these places yeah. with Indians and okay. shit. Okay, so look, I just think with Michigan looming on the horizon for Ohio State, this is a chance to kind of not give full effort. I mean, they know they can win this game. Maybe the talent's just too overwhelming. But, dude, 27 and a half. I'm munching this. I, I will say, have you— It's s- dangerous but doable. Two and number two, being from Hawaii, being the Polynesian assassin that he is, he's a completely different quarterback in decent weather juxtaposed to complete shit weather like in Wisconsin two yes. weeks ago or yes. Penn State last week. I'm looking at the weather report right now. It looks like it's going to be, like, low 40s and— somewhat cloudy so not great but but it's not raining it's not that freezing it's not doing- horrible so i do love your argument that this is kind of you know a bad spot why for ohio state why would you care about this game if you're ohio state um i will say you know mayan williams a stud running back for ohio state it's actually been better than travion henderson He's fucking awesome who would have thought that at the beginning of this year that mayan williams would be the better running back than travion henderson he got hurt last week uh for ohio state so that's kind of something to watch here for the michigan Maybe Ryan Day, he gets up three three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he just they shut it down. And they shut it down. So I'm with you. I, I obviously Ohio State is way better than four touchdown uh, fa- um, uh, spread here, but at the and same look, time, Ohio State could win fifty to nothing. I just feel like this is obtainable for a team that really isn't going to care. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate the play. I don't have the balls to pick it, but I I don't hate it. All right, moving on, we have Oklahoma State plus seven and a half at rival Oklahoma. This is a better football team. They had some struggles recently, but they got back on track. They're still ranked in the top 25. Oklahoma is still an absolute fucking question mark. We don't ever know what we're going to get with them. Yeah. I know Mike Gundy is capable. Of, they're good in underdog roles, honestly. Yeah. Like, you saw, like, what happened before. Like, it's a rivalry game. I don't believe Oklahoma is that cool. I'm going to take the points. I'm just taking the points with Mike Gundy. 
I know there was a rough stretch there. We talked like we jerked off Gundy a couple weeks ago. We're like, we'll never go against him again. And then well, like, that's because Spencer Sanders got hurt. Yeah, and then like we talked about, you his lose kid your was literally starting a quarterback. You lose your quarterback. And his you his just, kid had you like can't win. His kid was like Michael J. Fox, like back there taking like he was shaking like fucking. It was bad to why it was yeah. dang, it was stupid. But listen, this is a chance I think you can jump on OK State. So I'm doing it. Okay. And the last one, I think we talked about this. You don't like it, but I am taking old Miss minus two and a half at Pig Sig Wooey. Okay. Not in love with it, but um It's it's low hanging fruit. I've said this before on the show, it's low hanging fruit. I still believe that Ole Miss is an elite team. They played Bama really tough, dude. And Bama was playing for their livelihoods at that point. Um, this is a good football team, dude. They're they're three and zero on the road. They can play on the road. I'm taking them. It's low hanging fruit. Uh, wait. I thought they lost to LSU on the road. They're three and one. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My apologies. Three and one. <laughs> uh, I, I will counter that with Arkansas. You know, we talked about KJ Jefferson, the injury news. They almost beat LSU with Malik Hornsby, who literally is like an option quarterback. They played him well. Arkansas they played him well. Arkansas, but LSU played bad. I don't want to read too much into that. Did did LSU play bad or did Arkansas? I mean, Arkansas had they're five and five. They've had arguably the most difficult schedule. They did. They really did. Out of anybody. No, they did. It's it was the it was a like a gauntlet. Yeah, like in their their non-conference, they played Cincinnati and at BYU and Provo before BYU had the 30,000 injuries. Dude, so, they got their schedule was fucking stupid. That AD needs to get his ass kicked. Yeah, like there's a reason as good as Arkansas was, Vegas only put their win total at six and a half. I always thought that was weird. So um, going into the year, we thought they'd be awesome. It does appear KJ Jefferson's going to play this week, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, that uh, Sam Pittman plays injuries close to the vest, which I don't blame him. You know, there's a competitive, you know, strategic uh, advantage in that. But if KJ Jefferson plays, I'm just saying, ugh, I don't know. I don't, I don't love the, I don't love the play. It's cool, man. I mean, this is what I'm doing. So just to recap, it's MSU Indiana over 47 and a half. Yep. Baylor plus three. Yep. Maryland plus 27 and a half. UCLA USC over 75. Ole Miss minus two and a half, and OK State plus seven and a half against Oklahoma. So there okay. it is. All right, so moving on to me, and by all means, I'll probably just put this caveat out there. Fade me for the next two weeks the way I've been. <laughs> Don't fade me in bowl season. I'm putting out the warning right now. I agree. Bowl season, as I've said before, Poontang parlays, week one and bowl season are your best shot of hitting it, and I am a deadly sniper when it comes to bowl season. Bowl season is vibes. It is religiously checking injury reports every 45 minutes. It is looking at opt-outs. It is watching NFL pre-draft boards, seeing which guys are ranked in the first two rounds. It's a lot of homework that, frankly, most what people— What coaches are leaving. What coaches are leaving. It is— it's a lot of homework that most people, especially people who watch other sports and have a life, don't want to do. Me— being the college football degenerate junkie that I am, I will be on 247 Sports. I will be on fan message boards seeing if the left tackle for Fresno State is playing in the jerk-off Meineke Care Bowl. The fucking Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah. So fade me now, laugh at me now, but when it comes to bowl season, 
just like in week one, when I was one win away from 47,000, I'm coming for blood. Just putting that out there. Nevertheless, here's my plays for week 12. Starting out here, I am taking the San Diego State team over 26 and a half. They're playing at New Mexico. New Mexico is dog shit. They have nothing to play They're for. They're fucking terrible. New Mexico does have a decent defense. Obviously, Brady Hoke does not have a very good offensive uh, background or history. 26 and a half in a point, so is super low against New Mexico. As I've said several weeks ago, San Diego State is improved ever since they moved their safety and black uh, t- Tim Tebow to quarterback. Dude is a freaking house. He runs people over. I do think New Mexico, they're going to have a blocked punt, a pick six, whatever the case may be, which means San Diego State only really needs to score three offensive touchdowns. I think they get that easily. So 26 and a half, I am all over San Diego State, team over. Next one here, I've learned to bet against this team on the road. As I said, they are perfect on the road against the spread. I am going with the Navy I suck big Midshipmen. Midshipmen, the seamen of Navy, are plus 17 on the road at the bounce house in Orlando against UCF. Who is UCF to be getting 17 points against anybody? Gus Malzahn. I, I, I do think they're probably going to win the American this year, but C- Gus Malzahn is weird. Um, seven- that game's gonna be fucking weird, dude. That it just is. You can just, it has the 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 weird vibe to it. And here's the thing: if Navy's down 21 points with two minutes left to go They'll in the fourth quarter, they'll never stop fucking trying to score. They will never stop. They, they, as I learned earlier this year, they will literally call with the game out of hand. They will call timeouts. They will dude, fight. Yeah. To score points until literally there's zero seconds on the clock. They're like the kids at gym class who try too hard. Yeah. And it just, like, annoys you. And it's like, dude, you got to chill out. Like, yeah. They, and they're like 26-year-old kids doing it. Yeah. And they only, they're not going to a bowl, which most teams would shut it down. Navy, this is their bowl. Well, it's also like this is like the best time of their lives because they're all going to get sent out to fucking fight the Chinese navies. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty accurate. Uh, so I'm all over Navy plus 17. Next one here. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? It's going to be suck that tiger dick. Nope. Oh. UConn oh my plus God. 10. The UConn oh Huskies. Free Alex Jones. <laughs> they are on the road against Army, and they are a 10-point underdog. I'm saying UConn probably wins this game. I believe they're five and five. They are. Is okay. Yeah. So that they, they they're going to be in a fucking bowl game. Though. They're going to be in a bowl game. Jim Mora is this on. This gay UConn team is going to be in a bowl game. They made fun of all year. Now what's going to be hilarious is UConn finally becomes a decent football program, and Jim Mora gets plucked away to go coach like Arizona State next year. That's literally what's going to happen. Literally. All the more reason if this guy's coaching for a job and they're trying to get to a bowl game, why I am all over the UConn Huskies. Dude, if you get plus UConn 10. into a bowl game, you got to bounce. That's it. Yeah. You did your penance. Get back to yeah. reality. Yeah. Next one here. Talk about a team that is undefeated on the road against the spread. I am all over the Florida Gators. Billy Napier, scared money, don't make money, on the road in Nashville against Vanderbilt, who suddenly thinks they're good because they beat a Kentucky team that has 40 guys injured. The line is minus 14. 
I am all over Anthony Richardson and this Florida Gators defense that is playing. They're playing decent, They're man. playing good. They're playing decent. I'll give them credit. I'm loving this Florida team when it comes to bowl season as well. Just one team to keep an eye on. So Florida minus 14, I am all over. I, I think they keep the trend up. They're impressive, man. They've been impressive. Yep. Next one here. Penn State is minus 19 on the road. Homer. On the road. Homer. Against Rutgers. Is Rutgers improved? Yes. Do I think Shiano has things moving in the right direction? Yes. Does what, he, though? What do I know about James Franklin, though? He loses on the road against top 10 teams, and he absolutely destroys shit teams, especially ones who are in his recruiting uh, geographic footprint. Rutgers' jersey is a territory, much like Maryland, Penn State has to get kids from. Remember, th- people, college football is imperialism. It is imperialism. This is his territory. He's coming in to put a show on. He is coming in to put a show on. He is coming in to put a show on for those recruits. Penn State is absolutely rolling right now. The D is looking great. Nick Singleton and Katron Allen are the two best freshman running backs in the country, not named Quinshawn Junkins from Ole Miss. And they are just the offensive line. God forbid, Penn State actually has a legitimate offensive line. Credit to Phil Trotwine. You were crushing that earlier this year. I was. The, the, the offensive line looks great. They actually, dude, they ran the wing tee last week against Maryland. And Singleton ripped off like two 30-yard runs for touchdowns. I love it. I absolutely love it. God forbid, you know, James Franklin has a quarterback go under center on short yardage. And, oh, what do you know? It, abso- it actually fucking works. Wow, who would have thought? Penn State, minus 19. I'm all over it. Franklin, to win over those Jersey recruits, I think he makes a big statement win. Also, Penn State is in the driving seat right now for the uh, Cotton Bowl to play, you know, as of right now, like UCF. They do have an outside shot at getting to the Orange Bowl. They do need some help. They need, like, Alabama to lose or to not look very good these next couple weeks, which, you know, maybe the Iron Bowl they lose to Auburn. I don't know. but Penn No, S- they're not. Just saying. Penn State is is going to go to New, York, New, New Year's Six Bowl if they win out, and they do have an outside shot at the Orange Bowl, which would be huge. Talk about recruiting momentum, which is what Franklin is all about. If you they know, end up in the Orange Bowl, it's a really successful season for them. I, I think even the Cotton— and We have to give everybody credit that we trashed. Because if they end up in the Orange Bowl, it's a great year. I, I think even the Cotton Bowl is a pretty good— Cotton Bowl's a good game. It's, it's a New Year's Six Bowl. Michigan State played Baylor in that game. It was awesome a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah. So I think Penn State has a lot to play for. I do think they People, you got to understand, when you get in these bigger bowl games, what this does for you recruiting-wise is insane. Yeah, like you get like Penn State goes in the Orange Bowl, they're gonna flip kids. I mean, it it, it matters. Yeah, last one here. Um, I'm going against Sal Baps. I am taking TCU minus two and a half on the road. I already told you how many times four zero and one on the road. They are playing for a national championship. I love Sonny Dykes. He has gigantic bowls. If if the if it's close. Or if TCU is up by seven, they are not going to go into prevent defense. They are not going to punt for it on fourth and two on their 45-yard line. It just ain't going to happen. Sonny Dykes is aggressive, and maybe that costs him the game. Maybe this is when Vegas finally gets it right and the TCU fade comes to play. I'm just saying that I think last week with their uh, stud wide receiver being banged up, that was your time to get them. On the road, they're in Waco. 
I think TCU rolls. I'm, uh, if you think TCU wins this game, which I do, then I think they cover the two and a half. Look, dude, I mean, we're oppo here. I just, I'm playing, you, you, you tend to bet on college football aspects of shit. I look at numbers and lines and I w- try to debunk why they're weird. TCU is better than them. And I feel like they should be laying like six and a half here, a touchdown at least, especially with how good their road history is. Why is it so low? I, I hear you, but that argument that argument was made last week against Texas. It was made several weeks ago against West Virginia at Morgantown when West Virginia was only a seven and a half point dog. And I will say in that game, West Virginia did keep it to a field goal the entire game until fourth and inches, like I just talked about. Dykes didn't punt. He didn't do a fullback plunge. He fucking threw the ball in fourth and inches, and TCU wins by 10. I just think uh, it's an in-state game. Texas, 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 Texas kids all know each other. Probably played high school against each other. Oh, definitely. That's why this line's low. Uh, Waco is about two hours and 45 minutes from Fort Worth. So this is a very close game uh, just down the highway. It's a personal game. It's definitely a personal game. Having said that, there's just too much on the line. I am all over the purple Horn Frogs. All right, Salabaps, anything else uh, you, on your mind you want to talk about? Oh, actually, we need a boss cock lock. Oh, yeah. We decided on UCLA. Yeah, the UCLA USC, USC over. over. It started, it opened at 80, what, 83, 81? 82. It's been bet down to 73, I believe. It's back up to like 75 now. So people were grabbing that value to go back up, dude. Like, who's getting stops in that game? Uh, nobody. No one's getting stops in that game. That game's a track meet. We just talked about James Franklin trying to win over recruits. That's a huge recruit fucking game. These are literally, talk about Southern California. USC and UCLA are literally in each other's backyards trying to compete for these kids at Modern Day and, you know, Servite and all these stud athletic programs. I mean, USC more so, but still, uh, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to the transfer portal, these are two teams. Maybe they're going, they're both going to the Big Ten. Wait and see on that. But these are two teams on similar trajectories. They're both trending upwards. They've both openly said if they get the opportunity, they're going to run up the score on the other one. This is going to be at the Rose Bowl at nighttime. And unlike every other game this year, this game is going to be sold out. It is going to be an electric atmosphere. Electric, dude. I can't wait to watch this game. Football, college football, or just really sports in L.A. absolutely suck until there's a big game. When there's a big game at night, that is when L.A., all the stars come out. People actually have energy, actually care. Dude, you'll see Snoop Dogg with a USC fucking Will jersey down there. You'll see them all. They'll all be there. It is going to be an electric atmosphere. The Rose Bowl, when it's, when it's full, is one of the top venues in college football. I cannot wait for this game. It is much must-watch TV. I it love, is. love the over. Maybe you wait to live bet this game. Maybe for whatever reason, the first quarter is a little bit under, or maybe there's a stop on the first uh, series of the game. This is a really good game. You may be able to live bet. Yeah, like we're taking a stock number, but guys, like if this is like only 10-7 at the end of the first quarter, 
these teams can explode and score 21 each in the second quarter. Yeah, as you're an, right back to the regular number. As an example, uh, it happens all the time. Colorado was beating USC like I, I forgot what the score was, but they were up after the first quarter. Like USC had like a field goal. And then USC went to actually cover the original game line. Yeah, they covered. They actually covered the stock line. Right. They and, just like exploded. And and Lincoln Riley actually, you know, to cover the score when he had no reason to, actually did that. At the end. So I'm just saying against a, a hated rival. Yeah, and, they're gonna want to fucking blow them out. They're gonna dude. blow them out. So we are all over the USC UCLA over. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sal Babs. Any uh, any last words here? Anything else on your mind? No, I do. I do uh, not taking it, but I do. I do also want to watch the Utah-Oregon game. I believe that will have a lot of juice, too. I mean, that's a pretty solid game there. I don't think... Not anywhere near what we were just talking about, but just another Pac-12 game to, you know, peep at. I agree. There's only three top 25 matchups, and two of them are in the Pac-12 this week. Yeah. I don't believe Oregon can lose two straight weeks. They got to win, dude. They got to win. Yeah. Uh, Oregon lost because of that fourth down call. Because Oregon secondary is really bad. Not that Utah doesn't have any weapons or can't throw the ball, but they don't have the passing attack that Washington does. Washington outplayed them. Yeah. In their stadium. And when when you look at, you know, Oregon had one of the, the highest home winning streaks in the nation that was snapped last week. I just don't think they're going to lose two and We know weeks. with Utah, they're just not the same team on the road. Yeah, they've they're won not. some games on the road, but they didn't cover in those games. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I do want to talk briefly about this FTX. Oh, my. So, as you guys may know, uh, I am, while I'm trying to get my insurance business going, day trading uh, a Bitcoin mining stock. So, I'm very attuned to this world. By the way, just announced today, Target lost $400 million in what they are calling organized theft. $400 million in states like California where you can literally walk out of a Target as long as the um, value of whatever merchandise you're stealing is less than $1,000. Target has now reported $400 million that they've lost in organized um, attacks, basically, against their stores. This FTX thing, though, don't look at the surface. There's so much. It's the iceberg effect. There is so much more happening than what you are seeing or being reported what has the industry been wanting to do forever? Regulate crypto. Guess what? They now have their opportunity. They're going to exploit. This guy was the fall guy for it. He was the fall guy. He was guy. the fall guy. That's all it was. He was. His family is connected to MIT and Harvard. There was a literal MIT uh, crypto, uh, basically, uh, you know, unit think tank that they, that they set up there. The whole thing smells when you see the entire industry, when you see all of CNBC saying how crypto is going to zero, Bitcoin is going to zero, that is the time to buy. I am in puts right now in my stock, Bitcoin mining stock. Once Bitcoin gets around, and by the way, this is not financial advice. I am a literal college football gambling degenerate. So Yeah, we're losers. Don't do anything that we're talking about. We're just talking about it. I went 05 and one of my picks last week, okay? What I mean, I'm, you can probably—I mean, you could tell me. I mean, I'm—I'm going to keep you alive. <laughs> I will say, I'll keep though, you alive in this in this modern world that we're living in. 
I hate to say it, but whatever the, the mainstream media is telling you to do, you usually want to do the opposite. So as we have this black swan event, as we have this total capitulation, when CNBC is, is, is every other news story is about FTX and about how dangerous crypto is, that is the time to buy. It's just genius, dude. You you discredit the entire situation of crypto by doing this. People are going to delete their apps. They're not yep. even going to want to do it again. And then the government's just going to buy up all the cheap shit and say, hey, guess what? We yep. own it now. It's pure manipulation. It's easy. I mean, I don't know how people don't see this. Yeah. it's Dude, it's been done before in history where governments crash shit just to rebuild I mean, that's the F, that's what the Federal Reserve fucking did, man. Yep. I mean, hey, we'll give you money. It's not real, but you can say it's real. So, like I said, I'm loving this current situation. I'm all in on puts. So, this is music to my ears, but I'm just telling you guys, don't be discouraged and get ready to fucking buy. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, as soon as you tell me to buy, I'm doing it. Just like you saved me. I was on FTX. The guy sent me a text that says, get out now, yeah, in this, all caps. I'm like, done. Yeah, this, this guy was like one of the literal, one of the last withdrawals that he was uh, from FTX. Dude, I, I was literally the last guy in Vietnam hanging on the chopper. <laughs> like, fucking whole thing gets lit on fire. Yeah. That was me. Like, I got my money. I called the bank for hours and hours to see if it was in there and when it finally in there i let out this like tom brady roar after like a first down in a playoff <laughs> game well Salbaps got out hopefully you did too um and just uh keep the faith guys say your prayers take your vitamins grow your own food and make that bread and butter them hoes and get ready for bowl season because we're coming for blood